Welcome to the Ignite Podcast, the only healthcare marketing podcast that digs into the digital strategies and tactics that help you accelerate growth. Each week, Cardinals experts explore innovative ways to build your digital presence and attract more patients. Buckle up for another episode of Ignite. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Ignite. Excited to have you here. Bam! I hope you didn't just run into a tree because this voice got really loud in your car. I am Alex Membrio, CEO of Cardinal Digital Marketing. Mostly a figurehead, definitely a hype man, but we've got the real wizards in the house. We've got John McAlpin, our director of SEO. This is the smartest technical SEO in the country. I've hired a bunch. I have a bunch, and everybody knows he's the smartest. He's building WordPress themes from the ground up because he cares that much about size speed. This guy is the real deal. We've got Rich Brinnick. He's our SVP of Performance Marketing. So all media rolls up to him, including CRO and analytics. So the guy not only knows how to paint a beautiful picture, but he knows how to get eyes on it and make those eyes convert into an active patient. Welcome to the show, John and Rich. Thanks for having us back. Yeah, thanks, Alex. All right, guys, let's get into it. We have talked about how to build a website from the ground up to be really great for SEO. We've talked about that. John and I have multiple episodes we have talked about how to build a website for conversions. Rich and I have talked about that with healthcare groups at length as well. Today, we are going to talk about how SEO and CRO align. Rich, something I had heard quite often is CRO is just for paid media. Quick one-word answer. Is that true? It's not. That's a two-word answer. <laughs> I'm so verbose. I apologize. We know SEO is important. It's my favorite form of marketing. I think it's the most important. I think it's the best, most cost-effective, and most scalable. We also know conversions are important because you drive a bunch of traffic and they don't convert into leads and we don't get patients who can't help people get healthy. Now we're going to discuss about how they align in a website development project. John, when are SEO and CRO in conflict? Typically, the biggest conflict we see is when we look at personalization, when you try to change things for the specific end user dynamically. And whenever you have these dynamic things moving on a website, depending on what they are, that can cause conflict with SEO, again, depending on what they are. That could be like the URL redirects to something else. It could be the content completely changes, imagery. A lot of things can change dynamically on a website with today's technology. And while it may help conversion sometimes, sometimes it can hurt your SEO. And so that's when you really need to have a good communication between the two departments. But there's definitely ways where they do align, though. Rich, you agree? Anything else you want to point out on when they align? Split URL redirects can also be a bit of a negative, right, John? And mm -hmm. so we tend to stay away from split URL tests. Essentially, one test that you can run through almost every CRO testing platform is a split URL test, right? So it's where you send a certain percentage of traffic to this okay. page and then a certain percent to another page. However, my understanding is that, especially when you're basically creating almost duplicate pages, but just changing certain parts of the experience, that is not good from an SEO point of view, right, John? Because then, you know, you've got two pages out there, which one ranks, and, and I'm sure there's other technical pieces for it too. But I just I just remember that when we went through this, this process, it was far from ideal in terms of setting it up this way. And so now we try and avoid doing any kind of split URL test where we can help it with organic traffic. John, anything else to point out? So we talked about in conflict. Is there anything else? Like you talked quickly about URL redirect. So like, when do they align? Let's get into that. What are the best practices that are essential to keep each discipline when you're going through a website project? We talk about making sure that departments communicate. Most agencies don't even have these departments. Like, How do you make sure this all works? 
think, hang on, before we jump into alignment, sorry, just, just, to, just to make another point on, on conflict. And I think this is something where you've got to be really careful, right? So obviously John has in some ways a harder job than we have, right? Because he's got two masters to serve. He has to serve the user, but he also has to serve as Google overlords. Whereas we're just really trying to serve the user. And so some of the recommendations that we're making in terms of structure and content will be purely user-centric, but maybe terrible for the Google overlord machine. Whereas John has to be mindful of both. And so I think it's really important to, to work with your SEO folks when you're making major content changes, and especially things, even something as simple as changing a headline an H1 to be motivational as opposed to something that's more descriptive or factual that may be good to help rank. Those are little things that can really help the user experience but may really hurt organic rankings. So I think that's where you've got to walk with this fine tightrope between user experience and SEO best practices. And I'm glad y'all are friends, John, because that probably gets frustrating if we weren't such good friends around here. They're trying to be creative and split test everything. You guys are saying you're going to destroy the website and no one's going to come to it. Well, the good thing is that Rich has always been great about communication and usually runs things by us first. But I think Rich brought up a good segue to alignment, which is this is a message to all SEOs out there. Just because it doesn't hit the checkbox doesn't mean you should completely ignore it. Because both paid media, anyone in conversion rate optimization, SEO, we all have the same goals. We want to not just drive more traffic and rankings, but at the end of the day, we want to drive more business by improving conversions. So remember, an SEO with 200 plus ranking factors all weighted differently and sometimes weighted differently at different times. Sometimes you got to take the L on some of those ranking factors. If an H1 is going to not be how you want it, but it's going to drive better conversions, maybe you should test it and see, hey, yeah, maybe our rankings dropped one, but our conversions overall improved. I take the conversions over the ranking any day. Yeah, I think that's especially true when you're trying to strike that balance now in a mobile-dominated environment, right? Because Mm -hmm. people don't like to read heavy content on mobile devices, right? A lot of people are just trying to skim content on their mobile device. And obviously, John can describe this better than I can, but the prevailing wisdom in SEO for a long time has been get a lot of content on page. That's how you rank for it. But sometimes that can be contrary to, to conversion and UX best practices. So we just have to become more imaginative about how we get valid content on the page, but in a way that the user wants to disseminate that information and makes it easy for that user to disseminate it. Yeah, make it scannable, crawlable. Add table of contests, back to top jump links. You know, all kinds, there's all kinds of creative things you can do to satisfy both parties. I think the key there is communication and working together. Look at how most people use social media. TikTok's blowing up. Instagram blowing up. Are those words? There's no words in those platforms. Like we don't read anymore. I I get the newspaper. The guy seems shocked that I'm not 82 when he drops it off. You know, I don't. (laughs) No one's reading anymore. So those short form, the more creative visuals, right? Imagery, videos. The quicker you can convey it, but then also mixing things where Google can understand it and where it's crawlable, and you guys are going to rank. This is hard. You guys have a hard job these days. SEO is tough. We need we go on keywords, but we need it to convert. Ouch. I think another benefit of running both CRO and SEO together is that both disciplines have their own research methodologies. And together, when you combine those research methodologies, I think you get more of a holistic understanding of, of the end user. And... You know, there's a lot of like qualitative information that's being captured in the CRO research process, a lot of on-site activity that's being captured. 
which I think can be very valuable to the SEO team to see that information, to see how users are behaving on the site, see what they're doing, see what they're interested in, see what users are consuming or looking for more of. And then vice versa, you know, the, the SEO team does a lot of great like competitive research that helps us understand how, you know, your brand sits next to your competitive brand in terms of positioning and all of those things. So I think together there's a, there's a lot of crossover in terms of our research where when we're doing both channels, we have more strength in terms of understanding the end user more so than if we were just doing a single channel. That was beautifully put, Rich, um, as always. With SEO, we really look at the different funnels, how someone gets to the site, the different reasons they're going to get to your site, whether it's top funnel awareness, just exploring your industry, or mid funnel, almost about to convert, looking for more information. But Rich's team and CRO and all their on-site studies really help us figure out what takes them to that next level of conversion. What are the barriers to convert and help us overcome those? They definitely go hand in hand. Yeah, and if we had a paid media person, they'd say, man, the research, the competitive research John does and the qualitative research Rich does can really help inform the ad copy. So that's conversion focus, the landing page, keywords, and like the offers and all that stuff. So it seems, guys, like marketing's not easy anymore. We can't just do SEO or just PPC or just CRO. Like this is a, this is no longer a thing. Would you guys agree? Maybe for a small business, simple small business, just need to drive a local lead. Maybe it's possible to just do SEO, but it, it seems like this is getting harder to just do one thing. Yeah. My perception, of course, like I'm biased because I'm, I'm the one who's trying to drive the charge on post-click optimization. But I mean, so is John in many ways as well. He just calls it technical SEO or he calls it SEO. But I mean, a lot of the stuff that John does, you mentioned page speed at the beginning. That to me is post-click optimization. That is that is the functional side of post-click optimization. I, I think that there is a massive benefit for paid media and SEO to have a strong UX focus in terms of everything that it does, because at the bottom line, traffic is very important. But if you cannot convert that traffic, then it's 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 somewhat moot, right? And and John touched on that point. And so I think not just in terms of shared resources and education and, and becoming informative, but there's just so much opportunity on the post-click side that a lot of marketers historically have just neglected. And now I think it's becoming more table stakes. On the SEO side, you know, it's always going to be smart folks like John and stuff who are driving things forward. But on the media side, as algorithms you know, start to really, truly dominate everything from an ad-serving point of view, the place where agencies and, and smart marketers are going to play on this side is in the post-click optimization. It's in the experience that we create for our users. So it's going to be really important that we get good at that because that's where we're going to be bringing a ton of value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the holistic user experience. They need to see an ad that speaks to them, meaning the research has to have been done. They've got to land on a landing page and not only functions well and is fast, but it helps them understand if this is the right provider for me and then makes it easier to connect. Something I want to caution us against, though, you said it in this, and it got me thinking, we keep saying, if your website's not converting, you need to look at a CRO. I actually think it's quite the opposite. Even if your website is, or you think you're doing well, most websites are not refreshed every five days with improvements in the UX and site speed and everything. Even if it's converting well, it's still something to look at. You should still be looking at qualitative and quantitative improvements through a CRO process. I only work on a cardinal site and I barely do it anymore because we have a big team that helps now. But I'm thinking it does convert well. 
this drives all our business. And we've gone from 12 to 50 some people through it in the last year. But man, it could convert so much better. And if we could double conversion rates by making it easier on the user, you're talking about doubling lead volume. So just a quick thing, guys, even if you feel like your website's converting well, if you want to double patient volume, you may not need to run more PPC or improve your SEO. You may just need to make it easier to convert. That's just a side note there. I, yeah, and I, would, I would just add to that, not that I want to make this whole podcast about CRO, but like, but the, one of the tests that we run almost always off the jump out of, out of the gate for uh, CRO clients is a multivariate test. And if you think about a multivariate hero test where you're serving up different combinations of, you know, H1s and images and CTAs and subheaders, the, there's so many different variations that you're serving up. The chances of your original combination of assets being the best is almost none, right? It's, 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 it's almost a 0% chance that what you have right now is the yeah. optimal experience because we're cycling through 90, 100 different combinations. So there's always room for improvement, yeah. always. Even if always. your conversion rate yeah. is sky high and you're doing everything yeah. right, there's always going to be some slightly better way of phrasing something that's just going to get, and the lift might not be massive, right? But if it's 2%, 3%, stuff you don't have to pay for. It's stuff you don't have to pay for. You can put the budget into another in-house content or PR person or something. I mean, that's the way to look at it. You want headcount, go improve your website. All right, let's get into it. We talked about a little bit about how they align, but we had a good point here in the notes, Sean, I want to talk on. How do you make sure they align? You start looking at, the clients, strategy, like where, where do you look? And then how do you start talking across departmentally about it? I think the first one is you always want to determine your priorities. Like, okay, you know, which pages are, are struggling and things like that. But I think one of the key things here is there's always a research phase, whether you're doing SEO or CRO or even PPC, there's always going to be a research phase. And part of your research phase needs to be what have been the barriers to convert? And do you like uh, heat map tracking? Is it, a, is it a specific page? Is it a series of pages? Maybe your funnel process is too many pages long. Maybe you need to shorten that process. Find out what that is. Find out where the biggest drop-offs are. And maybe add that to your top of your priority list. Do the teams get together and then map out with the client? Like, what percentage improvement are we trying to get? Like, what are we doing? Is it traffic, leads, patient, and patients? Is that ever a discussion or we just head first and we're like, let's just see if we can improve this thing? Both the SEO team and the CRO team operate using roadmaps, right? And those roadmaps are prioritized based on the level of effort and the, the estimated impact of those activities. So we, I, I'm not sure if we use exactly the same prioritization method, but we essentially both use prioritization methods that are based on effort and, and impact. Our roadmaps are something that is shared with the whole organization. If there's ever a CRO test that's coming up on the roadmap that I feel or Mandy feels would impact SEO, then I would like to think that we would be in communication with the SEO team just to confirm that and, and, and make sure that they agree to that or you know, vet that essentially before we go live with it. I think this is especially true when you're doing motivational testing where you're changing copy, where you're changing the, the content structure. You know, you could have a potential negative impact on SEO. So it's critical that, that these are checked and vetted and, and that the, the proposed experiences are run past the SEO team just to make sure that there's no negative impact. John, when you're starting a new website development project, did Rich touch on anything, anything else you start with in your mind to make sure things are going to kick off appropriately? 
you know, we're in healthcare, so patient first. Always understand the full patient journey before you dive into any project like that. I understand what they're looking for and how they can find it. Okay. Let's talk about actual examples. Have you guys worked on any website project where you had SEO and CRO together? Tell us more. Obviously, the answer is yes, so tell us about it. <laughs> it was a journey. Um, a journey of alignment and coming together, coming of age tale, if you will. Yeah, yeah, good. Once upon a time. We don't have to talk about the client specifically and what their name is, but whoever would like to jump in, tell us about the project, how it kicked off, what we did, and the results, and the things to look out for that went wrong for everyone listening. You know, I'll start off where it went wrong, and I think Rich can finish it off with where we went right and where we how we pivoted uh, and, and brought okay. a lot of success along the way. So essentially, we had a client in multi-state and we wanted to do a geography-based test where content changes based on where you're located. And we did that through the infamous URL redirect. Now, URL redirects are not bad in nature. If you're doing a paid test, if you're doing paid traffic, it won't affect SEO. By all means, go for it. In fact, that's a great way to test URL page changes is through paid efforts uh, with caveats, I'm sure. So what happens is understand that you know for users, they might not notice and may help conversions quite a bit. But when you're talking about SEO and how Google calls a website, note that Google's crawler comes from certain locations. If you're in the US, most likely it's coming from California. If you're in Europe, they have their own bots overseas. So depending on which bot Google's using and where it's located, they're going to get a different version of your website. So if you have a website all tailored to like Georgia, for example, and they're crawling from California, they're going to think your website only serves California, perhaps. That's just an example of what could have happened. And so we did see some ranking decline. But Rich was very close in communication with me. We monitored it, saw a decline, and we had to pivot. And I think I'll segue over to Rich to talk about how he pivoted and where we saw success. Once Charlie communicated to me that this was not the ideal approach, and I'll give John credit, he he did a lot of work to mitigate the, the loss of rankings. And also to his credit, and I think this is another thing that goes into sort of the interplay between CRO and, and SEO, he saw the improvement in the conversion rate and realized that it outstripped the loss in traffic and was, to his credit, pretty pragmatic, I would say, about, about the results. That being said, you know, we didn't want to have any negative if we could avoid it. So essentially, we reskinned the cat whereby instead of redirecting you to a different page with a different experience, we were rendering a different experience in the browser. So the core page stays the same, but changes are made when that page loads in the browser that personalizes it to your state. So if Google crawls it, they just see the same page every time, no matter where they crawl it from, they see the standard default page. When a user goes to their page from a specific location, they see a personalized page by their location. So that was the way around it. We just had to deploy it through a, a sort of a different methodology, one that was Slightly more difficult for us to operationalize, but you know, was much more in line with best practices in terms of managing SEO performance and user experience improvements. So essentially, I think the moral of the story is, and, and we saw you know a massive improvement in conversion rate and uh, our rankings recovered. And so we were now driving the same amount of traffic, but converting it much higher. So very, very happy client, um, tons more patients in the door. I think essentially the moral of the story is if you want to do something fancy, don't just necessarily do it 
in the easiest possible way to do it because it might not be the best way. And sometimes you have to go through a couple of iterations to figure that out. But if you if you have a strong SEO person, they can help you and, and, and vice versa as well. You know, if you have a strong UX person, you, you want to make SEO changes, run it by them and they can tell you if there's going to be a negative impact. Yeah. And what I heard there is that you guys picked it up quickly, picked up the issue quickly. I think marketing goes wrong when the mistake lingers. That's when we go wrong. I think it's fine to fail, but you must fail fast to recognize it and move on. And that's what I heard you guys did really quickly realize ah, this test is screwed. Let's pivot. And then everybody wins. I think clients are okay with that. This is what we're here for. It's a new idea. Sometimes they don't work, but you guys pivoted and made it work. And our clients are digging it. And I guess it's because of y'all close communication. John, SEO deal breakers, any best practices you absolutely cannot neglect to do? Yeah, um, that is quite simply and quite broadly the core focus of the page. When Rich is making like, changes on the page, he's like, instead of like, say you're a multi-state, instead of linking to a page with a bunch of different conversion options, depending on where you are, He's making changes like if you're based in uh, Illinois, you're going to go to the conversion page just for Illinois. Small changes like that that probably you wouldn't notice on the surface, but the end user is going to notice. If you're changing the core focus of the page to be something else, that is going to get you in more trouble than these small like H1 title changes. You want to make sure that the core focus remains the same because that's what Google's going to care about the most. Good, good, good. Anything else listeners need to know about before they go into it? Just always communicate and remain agile. Like Rich and I did, we kept close monitoring and were quick to make a change. As things were happening, and we were already discussing contingency plans if things go wrong. We knew there was a small risk and we were prepared for to make that change if it did happen. Contingency plan, if something happens, make sure anything you do is easy to switch back yeah. and um, keep an eye yeah. on things. Sounds like it's not a good idea to run... CRO test when that when your developer SEO is not readily available. Something to note. <laughs> People tend to be very ambitious with things. That's you know everybody wants to do something and make a big splash. I would say you should be making relatively large changes on the CRO side when you first start out, right? Because you want to be looking for those high impact items. But there are plenty of tests that can drive high yield that don't require massive dev resources. There's a lot that you can do just through your testing tool and its native functionality in terms of in-browser changes. Yes, those things can still impact the SEO, but at least if you do something natively through your browser testing tool and it has a negative impact on SEO, you can just turn it off and essentially that negative impact disappears versus if you've paid a developer to implement something for CRO or UX for personalization purposes, it's so much harder to revert back at that point, right? And you've already paid someone to do a lot of stuff. So I would say, as a rule, most of your initial tests just through your, your testing tools and native capabilities so that if anything does go wrong, you can just pause that test and rethink. Start out small. And you and I talked about some of the quick and dirty things to do uh, and then more advanced CRO practices too. So go back and listen to that episode, read all blogs, read all the information. We have tons of information out there on CRO. I think we probably lead the industry in CRO education from an agency perspective. I think there are CRO specific tools. Maybe not have more stuff out there. Rich and John, any final words, my friends? I think the combination of SEO and user experience and, and UX testing is, is more important than ever. It used to be, same with paid media, that 
you could just just by ranking you can immediately make the phone ring i think the game is much harder now i think users are looking for bespoke experiences they have tons of options out there you've really got to understand the user what makes them tick even if you're not doing a sustained cro program so i would say definitely even if you're not going to do cro at least have your user experience hat on when you are thinking about web design, when you're thinking about SEO changes, content changes, adding you know new pages, like keep your user in mind, make sure you know what they care about and make sure that you're delivering on, on you know, that information to them. At the end of the day, it's knowing what the users want and care about. I think lots of market research needs to go in before any kind of SEO, CRO, paid media. Like, I know clients wouldn't have the patience for that, for us to say, hey, we're going to do 30 days of market research, talk to your customers, do testing, run maps. So that'd be cool. That's probably where marketing's going. Yeah. You know, we're making changes and we're kind of doing it blind uh, sometimes. So it's invaluable. And, and the folks on the front line, People who are dealing with your customers all the time, your patients all the time, they have so much information. They have such a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. And tapping into these people and getting their perspectives, it's so critical. So yeah. I would recommend you know, you, that you at least get all the relevant stakeholders in the room and, and really mind them for their information. And, and, and yeah, listen Listen to call recordings, talk to the frontline office manager, call centers. What do people say when they call in? What's important to them? What are the problems? I talked to this guy in an event yesterday. He says, we're about to run PPC. It's a multinational brand. And he's like, yeah, we're bidding on these keywords. I think they'll work. And I was like, did y'all do any research into this? Talk to your customers on what they use to find? No, 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 no. We just started bidding. We threw up some landing pages. All right. Yeah. That, that'll that work. <laughs> Can I also leave on an SEO note too? Um if there's any SEOs out there or digital SEO savvy digital marketers that are really nervous about the implications of CRO, if we scared you with our horror story, keep in mind that Google's number one strategy and recommendation every time, it's one of the worst, but also best pieces of advice they give. It's if you want to rank well, it's create a great website, which is stupid vague, but also totally yeah. spot on. And I'll tell you what, there's only so much you can do with keyword research. You're going to need some help. Yeah. Yeah. You need to know at the end of the day and you need to create the prettiest websites are often the worst performing. Just keep that in mind, guys. When you're looking at your competitors, please don't just do whatever your competitors do. John McCoppender V and Rich Reddick, thank you for joining me on Ignite. This is a blast talking about SEO, CRO, horror stories and how to do it effectively through communication and ultimate ninja wizardry. If you guys have any questions, you can ping Cardinal or you can find John or Rich directly on LinkedIn. They'll help you though. If you got their email, find our emails. They'll, they'll help you directly and keep you out of trouble. We've made a lot of boo-boos and we'd like to keep you all from them too. If you need any advice on any projects you're going to run, they're here to help. So are we. Guys, thanks for joining and hopefully we'll be talking again. Yeah, thanks for having us, Alex. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ignite. Interested in keeping up with the latest trends in healthcare marketing? Subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating and review. For more healthcare marketing tips, visit our blog at cardinaldigitalmarketing.com.